What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com/socks. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Little Beatles for you. Good stuff. What a great show today. We did have Niles Farage talking about the Beatles called in from London at 7.05 this morning. Everything from the King Charles coronation to my trip to London to Donald Trump. He was great. Frank Morano, terrific today. Andrew Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle. What a great show. Great show. So my next guest is making her debut on this program. I spoke to her actually when I was filling in. For John Katzmatidis one day. I actually did a whole week of shows with John, which I really enjoyed, mind you. That's a terrific show he does. Five o'clock every day. The um, Now it's called uh, Cats and Cosby, but back then it was Cats at Night. And uh, her name is Melissa DeRosa. Now listen, you guys know the Andrew Cuomo story. Uh, I was hesitant to bring him on, but in all transparency, to be honest, we had a conversation. I made it very clear to Andrew that he must discuss one of, if not both, major topics that you guys want to hear about, the nursing homes and bail reform. And after a short conversation, he agreed to talk about bail reform, not the way I would like him to, but he agreed. And then literally moments after what was a decent conversation, he canceled, he chickened out, big bully Andrew Cuomo chickened out. So now Melissa DeRosa, who I did uh, talk to on Katz Matidi's show, and I do hear her throughout uh, the weeks, I uh, offered her the same thing. I said, listen, Melissa, I have to do this. This is what my audience wants. We must discuss one of, if not both, of those major topics. So before we even start the conversation, again, full transparency, she cannot talk about the nursing home stuff today. Uh, the reason why, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But she can't today. That doesn't mean that she won't. In fact, she will. I promise you if she comes back on this show, if she does, she will discuss it. Can't do it today. But but she is willing to talk about bail reform and other issues in this city, including Kathy Hochul, the budget, and all that. So with that said, making her debut on Sid and Friends in the morning, straight from uh, back from Detroit, <laughs> here is Melissa DeRosa. Good morning, <laughs> Melissa. How are you? Good to talk to you, Sid. How you doing? I'm okay. Uh, the way I uh, set that up, was that good? Was that fair? Totally fair. Totally fine. Although, I, you know, I, I don't speak for the governor anymore, but I imagine he will be coming on and we'll talk to you about those issues in the future. But I'm here today, so let's chat. You think he will? No, no, hold on. But, well, I do want to chat with you, but why, why do you think he will? He's had opportunities. He, he keeps dodging it. Now, he, he went out with John Katsimatidis. John asked him the questions. I'll give John all the credit in the world. But Andrew didn't answer anything, and John was nice about it. I'm not going to be as nice. So why do you think he eventually will do that? You know, I listened to that show. I think it's not a, a right characterization to say he didn't answer. I think he talked about the nursing home stuff extensively. I think he didn't. I think he, his answers will never satisfy certain people. Well, well, I mean, I mean, well, look, I don't want to get you involved in this conversation, but you can't blame Donald Trump. Stop, all right, stop. Donald sent ships over here and did everything he can to provide extra space for the bodies. And, and, and to blame Donald Trump, 
I mean, Biden still does that, and, and uh, New York uh, people still do that. It is ridiculous. Donald Trump uh, was a guy that had the vaccines under him. He had the uh, China ban in place, not the European ban, not the Italy ban. So right away when Cuomo did that, which is a Democrat uh, point these days, I'll just blame Trump for anything, he lost me there. So I'm going to disagree with you on that, and that's fine. Once you blame well, Trump— look, in, the, in, the, in the spirit of you know de- healthy Democratic debate, Brookings is out with a study this morning saying that Trump's inaction on COVID led to a 70 percent increase in deaths. And so, look, people look at these numbers from a lot of different places. New York was in a position where we didn't control the testing early on. COVID was silently— Going, going through New York for all of January and February of 2020 without our knowing, we had to, because of federal protocols, send tests through a CDC lab in Atlanta. They wouldn't let us do our own testing. Our hands were tied. We don't control the airspace. They didn't ground the planes ever coming from Europe until, uh, until the, I think it was March 15th, they finally did it. And so, yeah, he did the China ban. And look, in a lot of ways, I don't blame Trump for some of this stuff. He was listening to his own health advisors. You know, I don't have any evidence that Fauci was telling him in January and February to close down travel from Europe. But you can't say that it wasn't a federal responsibility to ground those planes and that not grounding those planes and leaving the door wide open on the East Coast is what caused COVID to silently infiltrate the tri-state area. And early on, the highest incidence of cases and death was New York and New Jersey. And where did the planes land from Europe? JFK and Newark. And that's inarguable. So in any event, that's a larger conversation I'm happy to have on COVID in the future, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. No, we're not. Melissa DeRosa, but I do appreciate you going there at least there for that portion, uh, because it does show me at least to my listening audience that uh, you are up to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, even stuff that may be awkward, uncomfortable. Whether you're right or wrong, it doesn't matter. can't be an easy conversation. So let's get right to bail reform. Look, uh, the, the budget is still not ready to go. Kathy Hochul keeps postponing it. Uh, I know one thing about you is you're not a big fan of Kathy, neither am I. That's the good news. Either am I, I should say. Uh, bail reform. Now, look, let's be honest here. I hear again, going back to the governor. He comes on, he talks about how it's got to be fixed, and blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, he started it. He's the guy that wrote it. He was okay with it. So it comes off to me a little disingenuous, more than a little, that he's all over Hochul, as much as he can be, by the way, because he tries to protect her, for bail reform when, in fact, him and you, you guys, were the architects of bail reform. Why doesn't the buck stop right there? So listen, when you have a conversation about bail reform, I think it's important to be dispassionate and sort of remember where it came from. Bail reform, we had a system of bail in this state where if you were wealthy and you could afford to get out on bail, you got out on bail. And if you were poor and you didn't have cash in your bank account, you sat in Rikers. And sort of the tipping point was with Khalif Browder, who was a 16-year-old kid who was accused of stealing a backpack and sat for three years in Rikers, two of those years in solitary confinement and killed himself. And at the end of the day, was never even charged with crime. And so I think the intent around bail reform was the right one. The idea was to rid cash bail from the system and create an equal justice system for everyone, regardless of how much money is sitting in your bank account. Now, our original proposal included a dangerousness standard that said that judges would have the discretion 
to be able to say this person poses a threat to society. And in the initial deal that we made with the legislature, that provision did not survive. But what do you do when you're in a leadership position is then you look at how the policies are impacting what your stated goal was and what the actual reality is, and you make adjustments. Now, this is a highly emotional issue for a lot of people in the legislature, particularly black members who feel like they're doing this because the black community in particular has been disproportionately hurt by bail reform. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800 5600214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Oh, hold on. Yeah, let me stop you right there. Yes, they have been disproportionate. By the way, the black community commits a disproportionate amount of crime. I mean, let's, let, let's not make this into where they're victims here. Yes, they are the ones put in prison because they commit about 57% of the crimes, and they only stand for about 14% of the population. Let's have an honest conversation. Well, I am. I am not gonna. I'm not gonna agree with. Well, no, these you are facts. No, Melissa, these are facts. Okay, but, but I'm saying I don't know those statistics firsthand, so I'm not gonna concede that point. But what I will say is, black people in this country also disproportionately have been victims of the criminal justice system. When you look at the number of people who were put in jail over time for marijuana offenses, when white oh, people on. were committing marijuana offenses mm-hmm. right alongside them, right. but police officers were disproportionately holding black people accountable. Stop and frisk all of these things. But my point, my larger point to you, Sid, is it's unquestionable now that the people of New York feel like the bail system has to be reformed. They want the dangerousness standard. We see it in poll after poll after poll. And it is incumbent upon the leadership in Albany to make those changes. The politicians work for the people, not the other way around. This is the system that people want. And by the way, I don't even think of it as a rollback. They did cashless bail in New Jersey under Chris Christie, a Republican governor, and they had the dangerousness standard. And it has existed for the last 10 years and has gone very well. So it's just a different approach, and it's time that Albany get with it and say this is what the people want and go in that direction and be done with this conversation once again. That's fair. By the way, the uh, black community that uh, suffers uh, violence at the hands most is from the black community. It it ain't white guys. It ain't, uh, you know, white supremacists and all that nonsense. But, okay, let's move up with that for a second. Let's get to uh, Roland Smith. Uh, oh, Wilson, excuse me, Wilson. I know that Hoka was not able to get LaSalle confirmed a couple of weeks ago. You really were the best at discussing that on this station. 
and more than anybody else, to be honest, Melissa, because you weren't afraid to go with Hochul, and while others made excuses for her, and, well, she picked the right guy, it's not her fault, it's Stuart Cousins, it's blah, blah, blah. You went after Kathy Hochul. Now you really should go after her because this choice is a terrible choice, a terrible choice, and if they are, if he is confronted, that's no good either. Give me some more stuff on Kathy Hochul. So, look, for, for Hochul with this judge, it is the, the corruption and sort of deterioration of the justice system playing out nationally. We're getting, like, a first a front row seat in New York. New York is like, hold my beer. And basically, she got her she got crushed on the judge. The legislature ran circles around her on LaSalle, which I predicted very early on was going to happen, simply because they didn't agree with some of the decisions he made, which, by the way, were based on legal precedent and not on politics, which is exactly where you want the judicial system to be. So this time around, she gets a new list. The legislature says immediately, if you pick Rowan Wilson, you'll have a glide pass to confirmation. Not wanting to be embarrassed, she sort of blinks and goes with who they want. And then, amazingly, in a move that is unconstitutional, says she's going to choose Caitlin Halligan to be an associate judge from the same list, which is against the constitutional rules of how you pick the judges. And so they're now like, and this is the importance of the Court of Appeals, right? It, it has to hold the political system accountable, which is why the people that get chosen for those positions are so important. Because with this legislature, where the supermajority of Democrats in both houses, and this governor who gets pushed around all the time, she's the weakest governor, frankly, that the state has had in modern history, you end up, you're going to be in a situation where you're signing a lot of bills that are unconstitutional, and then the people at the highest level of the court are going to be the only stopgap to make sure that those laws get knocked down. So it's it's not a good day for New York. I think that this is heading in a very bad direction, and yeah. I think it just reinforces that there's a new power dynamic in Albany, which is the legislature's in charge and the governor is sort of along for the ride. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel. I feel like, uh, to your point, Stuart Cousins and Heasty and these people run this state and not Kathy Hochul. So what is the latest with the budget? When can we expect that? <laughs> that's a really good question, Sid. I mean, and that was someone under Governor Cuomo, you know, whether you agree with him or not, he delivered non-time budget for 11 years and said, we're not going to have this dysfunction anymore. And here we are on April 13th, and, you know, there's there's no real landing place in sight. So it's unclear. You know, she's trying to get changes to the bail law made. I'm going to guess that the legislature gives her something I guarantee you it's not going to be the dangerousness standard that we just talked about that the people of New York want and demand. So she's going to end up sort of pissing off the left who's going to be upset she rolled anything back and the right who's going to say she didn't go far enough and she'll be exactly where she was at the beginning of the conversation. And then, you know, we'll see about the rest of it. But I, I think that the, the budget is something people really need to pay attention to. We have an affordability crisis in this state, and our leaders are dr- spending like drunken sailors. And frankly, the only way that you can continue to support, support this limitless spending is by continuing to increase taxes. And the front page of the New York Post this morning said, yep. you know, another 10,000 people in the first yep. three months of this year have fled to Florida. Yep. And so in a post-COVID world, where you don't have to be in New York. It used to be that everyone had to be in New York. We were in the center of the universe. In a post-COVID world where only 54% of office buildings have people in them right now, you can work from wherever. And when there's crime issues, when it costs you $50 to take a cab from uptown to Tribeca, <laughs> when, you know, you can't leave the house without spending like $75. It's it's like, yeah. 
it's like suddenly you're like, why am I doing this? Plus, they have warm weather and no personal income taxes. Right. I mean, I, I was actually on uh, Waters' show last night on Fox News talking specifically about the mayor. And I know you know, Melissa, that even though I'm a Trump supporter, Republican guy, he's a Democrat mayor, we become friendly. But I got to tell you, the last couple of weeks, he's losing me just a little bit. He's out there with electric cars and robocops and like you just talked about, we've got crime through the roof. We've got taxes through the roof. I've got homeless. I got dirt. I got filth. People are running to Florida, like uh, like by the like you said, the hundreds, the thousands. And I want the mayor and the governor, everybody else, to start to really worry about important stuff and not technology. Uh, that was my appearance last night. New Yorkers agree with me. Your thoughts on the mayor as we wrap this up? Well, it's funny you should say that because I was sort of bitching about this last week when they did the press conference where they're rebranding the I Love New York logo and i'm like it's not about an i love new york logo like figure out the vacant storefront try to get people back in the office buildings do things that are going to cut taxes make it more affordable have more real police presence on the streets on the subway so people feel safe so they don't feel like they want to leave new york and i think that there's and i'm I'm not commenting on the the robo cops i frankly was out of town the last few days so i'm not up to snuff on that but i feel like there's been a lot of cosmetic solutions put forth on things that require really deep, meaningful answers, and we're just not there yet with the leadership in Albany. Hey, listen, that's a heck of a job right there, Melissa. Thank you for uh, coming on this morning. You did a terrific job, and we'll, uh, we'll do this again very, very soon. Thank you very much for coming on. Glad you're back in New York. Detroit's a horrible place. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Sid. Bye. All right, thank you. Melissa DeRosa, I do want to send uh, a shout-out uh, quickly to my friend Joe Esposito, who uh, is everybody's friend in this city. We all love the former chief of police. Uh, today happens to be his wife Chris's birthday, and we all know that um, Joe lost his wife last year, and everybody loved her, everybody. So I do want to send my deepest condolences to Joe Esposito, who is a dear friend, a big fan of the show. Sorry, Joseph. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.